ladies, gentlemen, DJs, dragons, and drag queens. Welcome once again to the Let It Bleed podcast. I'm your host, the whimsical wizard of love, David Amaya. And to his right, as always, is your verified voodoo vaquero, Phil Arroyo. Just here to say, abracadabra, bitches. Normally, at this segment of the podcast, if you're familiar with podcasts, this is where uh, the people will talk about... Uh, they're advertisements. People, yeah, the people that pay them to do this sort of yeah. stuff. And since we're just starting off right now and we don't have people paying us to do this uh, or paying for us to do this, we don't really have anything. But we want to be able to give you guys a little bit more and, and spread some sort of awareness. Or uh, should, should we try doing like an ad until maybe they start sending us shit? You know, shit. yeah. Like, what if what if I did like a what if we just started doing new Belgian ads and then just you know maybe somebody over there says and it and then they like case. it enough and they just they, yeah. I mean, free beer. I don't know. Be, that's my idea, but but you had a better idea though. I'm with it. I like New Belgium as a company. This is <laughs> just as uh, you know uh, an unofficial advertisement for New Belgium Brewery, my favorite brewery. <laughs> send in the us United free States. shit. It's what I'm saying. You know, I uh, I, I think they send me a bike. I, I want one of those bikes, those <laughs> fat tire bikes that they have. They're pretty cool. But anyways, so like I said, this is one of the parts where we would normally be doing advertisements. But for now, we wouldn't mind uh, going ahead and promoting other people that are trying to, you know, get off the ground with their creative endeavors as well. So if you yourself belong to any organizations that do anything creative or even if it's a charitable organization yeah, and you just need causes. to spread awareness even if you just set up you know a day out of the week to go hiking with people and you're looking for people to go with you go ahead and reach out to us um send us an email at uh, letitbleedcast at gmail.com or hit us up on any one of our other social media outlets that we are going to go ahead and just put out there and We'll look it all over and we'll try to fit everybody in and get it out there because that is kind of the whole point of this show alongside just having great conversation. We definitely want to go ahead and get people inspired and we want to put uh, as much creativity out there and, and spread it around. So, yeah, yeah we, we want to share with you guys, you know, stuff that's important to us and stuff that's important to the people that are important to us as well. So, yeah, feel free. Reach out. We'll help you guys give a shout out too. Absolutely. Oh man. Uh, shoot. This is this is a fun podcast. It was very. It's a lot different. You know. It's mellow. I think this podcast episode is uh, definitely. It just is is an example of how we're feeling after such a long week. You know, we just got back from Desert Hearts, um, which was essentially this four day ordeal uh, ordeal out in. Well, it's supposed to be the desert, right? The but it wasn't really the, the mountains yes, of San yes. Diego. Was, I, was, I, I made very clear my pro- my problems with the naming of this of this event. <laughs> it was misleading. Uh, in, in the middle of the episode, it was misleading. I didn't I didn't always pack appropriately, but right. we, yeah, but we did get to sit down with uh, one of our one of our good friends and one of the photographers for the event, uh, Jimmy, as Jam- we call him, Jamal Eid, Jamal AKA Eid, Jimmy Jimbo Slice, uh, Jimmy <laughs> Buble. He goes by many different aliases because he is a man of many different talents. One of which especially happens to be photography and uh, specializes in festival photography. Um, he's doing big things in, in uh, the festival circuit. And just, you know, being one of my, my best dear friends and seeing how far he's come in the past couple of years, you know, and it, how, how much he's grown as a photographer and as a person through these events and all of the people that, you know, really, they just love his work and they're truly touched by it. It's, it's a gratifying feeling just to be his friend and to, to feel and recognize that as well. So I'm really glad that we got him on the podcast. Um, even though, you know, he's not 
as talkative as we are right <laughs> off the bat. But we maybe, all maybe not maybe not as uh, as talkative, but definitely yeah. more talented. Oh uh, well, yeah, in, in that realm than the both of us, there's you know. No, and so we were no. happy to have him on and and, and you know and share that with uh, with everybody that we know. Absolutely, you know, I I, I love that he got him on because Jimmy is the guy that always. You know, I don't have to worry about it at festivals anymore about like taking my camera out or making sure that I get shots because we have enough other talented photographers in the group as well. But I can always count on him to get me a new profile pic. You know, <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's like it looks candid, but it's not really candid. It's more yeah. like I know he's he looking. He's, I know he's, he's a doing master. It. He he definitely is. We were also joined uh, this episode by my roommate uh, Aaron. Please, he uh, he did work the event. He was also uh, you know. Just Man, I am, you know, this this piece of shit laptop that we record this podcast on has really been embarrassing me lately. And no, you know, it's it's never been more evident than this episode right here. We were definitely marred with more technical problems than usual in that uh, we could, by the end of it, we could barely get through, you know, five minutes of recording before it actually did cut out, cut out on us. And uh, apparently it is no different today as we're recording this intro. So I... Really hate to keep uh, apologizing to you guys for doing such a bad job as the audio engineer of this show, but I do have some ideas. So hopefully, hopefully next week we won't have these awkward, awkward pauses. But um, as we were saying... Yeah, we're going to figure it out. But as he was saying, you know, we were joined later on in the podcast by our other friend who also was with us at Desert Hearts, Aaron O'Baby, please. He's uh, also living in that Casa de Phil with mm-hmm. his roommate. Uh, so you'll be hearing from him more um, if you like what he had to say. He'll be around. But yeah, you know, festival season's definitely kicked off. I think that uh, a lot of people are out there in the Coachella Valley right now getting ready for the long weekend at Coachella. Um, and if that's your sort of festival, then that's awesome. You know, but we had just come back from one of our own festivals that we you know, look forward to during the year. It's a lot smaller, but uh, it's it's definitely a very intimate and meaningful festival to me. It's it's my favorite festival, and we all had very unique experiences this past weekend at Desert Hearts. And I think that you know uh, the tone of this show kind of shows how <laughs> exhausted we are from <laughs> yeah. all of the different. Uh, <laughs> the different experiences that we had out there. And, and we definitely took a lot away from it. So if you are somebody who is interested in well, seeing well, those, that, those bong sound effects might also be a clue as to why maybe the energy was a little bit lower than oh, usual. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you got to decompress <laughs> some way, somehow. I'm telling you, assimilating back into uh, the real world after uh, going through a portal like that and, and coming back out is... is it's not the easiest one, especially the older we get. Look at me, I'm over here sounding like some freaking old timer. But yeah, I had an amazing time. I love the Desert Marijuana's Hearts Festival. Marijuana's good for your joints. <laughs> yeah, I love Desert Hearts Festival. And it helps with the Alzheimer's too. Just, yeah. You, know, <laughs> just, you gotta take care of yourself. You yeah, totally. Yourself. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm getting back into it. Um, like I said, you know, this is a great podcast. We all um, have a lot to, we have a lot to talk about. So if you're interested in learning more about Desert Hearts or just kind of what goes on at these sort of things, then you're in for a treat. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot that we uh, we had to say that applies to greater than life things. Oh wow, that was an awkward way to phrase that. So let me just <laughs> cut straight to the plugs because our man Jimmy, there are so many ways to uh, check out his work, and so you guys can actually see how beautiful it is and what we were talking about throughout the episode. Um, the, the first and foremost, we wanted to promote his Instagram, which I think is the most accessible, easy thing for everybody to kind of get out there, um, check out, and and see what he's all about. And you can find that at um, Jamal 
dot e. So it's J A M A L period E I D. It's going to be in the episode title, and I'm also going to put all these links in the comment section, or not the comment section, the uh, the description of this episode as well. Uh, definitely check out. I'll put up a link to his Facebook as well, but it's the same thing, Jamal Eid. And if you guys ever wanted to reach out to him, maybe for some professional services and 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 have him come photograph your event or or whatever he is. I mean, the guy is a master. We didn't really get much into like other work that he's done, but I've seen him do you know beautiful uh, you know campaigns for um, you know for things like vape companies and other other you know more business related things. He is. Very good at that as well. And so uh, his email is uh, eadjamal, no period, at gmail.com. All right? Of course, all these things are going to be in there. And then if you guys wanted to uh, check out what, uh, what my roommate Aaron is up to, you can find him on Instagram at MrBlease. You can always find my man David here at Stuff with three Fs on Instagram. Yep, yep. And uh, myself, you can find me on Twitter. I think it's probably the thing that I'm most active on. It's public. And that would be at Phil Nobody Cares. And if you want to find me on Instagram, it's actually going to be the opposite of that, at Nobody Cares Phil. Um, always make sure to uh, check us out on social media for the show. That's at, uh, at Let It Bleed Cast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud. Make sure you comment or comment, subscribe. Just to just you know, find us. You found us in the first place here. Make sure you uh, you you know you subscribe to us in your RSS feed through iTunes or however the fuck you get podcasts. You guys are smart people. You can figure it out. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to say before we get this thing going? I am good to go. Let's let's do it. All right, all right, dope. Let's hit it. today because i stopped over and had lunch with brianne for her birthday in san diego ah, okay. but anyways yeah like you know desert hearts it's always it's like a there's something about that land i mean it, it's so different than other festivals because the trees honestly the trees make the biggest difference to me in comparison to like all the festivals where it's just super hot outside and you're fucking miserable because of how hot it is no um and so there's but I don't know. Like there, there's so many factors Cheers, to it. That, Cheers. Cheers. There were so many factors to it that made it less strenuous than most other festivals for me. But I was still fucking exhausted. Like I was so exhausted. And when I was there, I I kind of felt I had mixed emotions about it at the end because I obviously like took away so much from it. I, I had some great experiences with people, talked to some people, got deep with some people. But as far as like my being out and about by the stage, dancing and like really enjoying the, the music aspect of the festival, I wasn't really doing that this year. You know, I kind of got there and we had set up camp and our camp was fucking dope. And I was like, well, my everyday life has been so hectic and just so about me having to be here there and everywhere at a specific time, I kind of adopted May's philosophy of, I don't want to do any, or I don't have to do anything, you know? So I like to kick back most of the time. And uh, I don't know, it was just very different in comparison. And like you're saying, like you come back, I came back very fulfilled in one way and then kind of 
had FOMO because I feel like I missed out on a lot of things. I don't have like any photos of me. Normally I'm out there getting all these photos. Jimmy's over there getting all these fucking photos of me and I didn't even like give one fuck about that. My phone didn't come out at all. Like I didn't have, it was just, it was such a blur. Yeah, well, you know, there's no wrong way to do these things. That's, Absolutely. That's the important thing to remember when, you do, when you're doing all that, you know? And I didn't see as much of it as I normally do. But honestly, like, the prepared stuff, the stuff that everybody puts together, that's one thing. But, like, you know, it really is your own adventure. Sure. And it, it was my first one. And uh, I just, I don't know what made me think this, but I thought Desert Hearts might take place in the desert. <laughs> I was it's so good. fucking yeah, wrong. Nobody yeah, thought to mention that to me before yeah. we went out there. So I'm like, all right, like, I'm getting ready for all the sand. And I get there, I'm like, oh, this is a straight up, like, swamp. <laughs> oh, it is pretty, it was pretty marshy where we were. Like, the girl's <laughs> car got stuck a couple times. That was interesting. <laughs> but, I mean, does isn't it just so much cooler than, like, most of the festivals where you're kind of expected to park like in a street formation lot type thing where, you know, like where this one, you could just drive your car pretty much anywhere. And I mean, not to be a dick, but I didn't have car camping once again and kind of just went off on the side and got lucky. And you know, it's just, if you don't have your car near you, when you're camping, it just fucking sucks. (laughs) Cause you gotta, you know, especially if you got to make that Shrek. Um, but it was cool. You guys went back and forth and did the whole drop off thing. Like, I, after doing this and seeing how tired I still was though afterwards, I'm just looking at other festivals and like, it's going to be a while. I feel like I'm, I'm not trying to be super old. I feel like I have to work on a lot of other things physically and mentally to prepare myself as well as getting my, my work situation to where I have more leisure time so that I'm not so just exhausted to where I can go to these things and pump them out like I used to. Because if, there, if that was lightning in a bottle, I would have been fucking dead the next day you know i mean just like with the heat and the fact that you lightning in a bottle you literally sit on your car on that monday morning for like five hours in your air conditioning waiting to fucking move five feet you know because oh. it's so fucking terrible you're in now to desert yeah. hearts like that we like were that. we that were we were so out cool. of there like super quick and jimmy thank you for driving yeah, you oh, know, yeah. that, that one I enjoyed so much because of the like the simplicity of it because all the ones that i've been to well, you know, I, I was traumatized by lightning in a bottle a couple years ago. Traumatized? Because, oh, yeah, traumatized. Like why? Oh, it was horrifying. <laughs> it took us, I think it was 13 hours to get out of lightning in a bottle. 13 hours? 13 hours. Holy right, fuck. Let me tell you, this, wow, I believe <laughs> you want to smoke this? We yeah. started packing up at like, you know, 9, 10, whatever it was. You know, we got the car all set and... We were also parked about a half oh, mile away from the camp. Gas. We had all this like giant heavy equipment to do it. So by the time we got into the car at like noon to drive home, we were all so done, so dead, so burning. The hottest the hour road. of the day too. It is blazing fucking like 150 yeah. degrees hot. And we, um, oh, there we go. Watch yourself, son. Son. Uh, we, uh, uh, yeah, so it takes forever to get out of that parking lot. So, I mean, we're moving five feet every 20 minutes, which means it wasn't until like four or five o'clock, I'm not kidding, when we got from like us being packed and in the car ready to go. Uh, so maybe that's what, like it's like four to five hours until we get out of there. Yeah. The thing is, we didn't go in with a full tank of gas. We were pretty close <laughs> to empty. And so we thought, okay, Let's keep on going, and let's just wait until we get some gas. And uh, you know, we'll get we'll pull into that gas station right up the side there. And then we got to it, and we're like, oh man, everybody's there. So maybe maybe we shouldn't go there. Maybe we should like go and try to find you know the, the GPS said there's another one down the road in a few miles. 
We go down the road a few miles, and it is not there. It's just so down the road, you we see. We turn around. <laughs> we turn around. We barely make it to the gas station. Like, we're out of gas when we get to the gas station that's right there. And we're like, all right, well, at least we made it. It's fine, you know. And so we're waiting in line. And then, you know, the car, two cars ahead of us, is just taking, you know, taking a while getting their gas. And we're like, what, what is going on? Like, why have we been sitting here waiting for them to get gas for, like, 15 minutes? And then uh, finally, the uh, the attendant for the place, he comes by and he goes, uh, "Guys, I'm I'm sorry, I don't know how to tell you this, but um, we ran out of gas." Oh, no. I was like, well, oh, I'm, I'm, "I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah, we we have no more gas." Uh, <laughs> I have never heard. That. I didn't even think that was a thing. I it's didn't happened think once that was or twice, possible. but wow. that that just sounds like one of those fucking experiences that was just bound to happen to you. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, so not only are we exhausted, it's been five yeah. hours. It's a long day. We've been partying for three days straight, barely slept. We're so ready to get home, and right as we think we're almost there. It gets snatched away from us again. And then we waited, I think it was four more hours until I finally had to, like, like we ended up, like, making it a party because everybody was stuck there, not just us. Right. And so, you know, people just turned, just cranked their, uh, cranked their radio. And, you know, we went and bought a, you know, we bought some beer at the gas station. So everybody else ran and out we, of gas, too? Everybody else was stuck in the same situation that we Damn. were in the gas station. There's, like, you know, 30 of us. So... You know, we made some friends. We tried to make the most of it. And then it hit me. Fuck, I have, I have AAA. What? Why don't I just call AAA? I look. My AAA. And it expired on my birthday two days before. Damn. Fuck. Yeah. That and so I just was. said, fuck it. I'm calling them. And I, like, you know, spent an extra 50 bucks to renew it later or whatever it was. But I was like, oh, we just need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, dude. And so, Straight up. Yeah, so finally it was around... Nine o'clock, nine thirty. Shit, that was even we later had, than we we wow. waited that day. We, but we had our own experience yeah, too of yeah. like just our so own turmoil. Got yeah. So everything after yeah. that, I am just so grateful that it wasn't that. I don't you think know? I've heard of any good stories from Lightning in a Bottle when it comes to leaving, except for the people who left the night before. And what about? Oh, you weren't there with us camping with us this past time because uh, you and Lizard were off on the other side. But there was oh, our lightning, fucking yeah. area with the dome and everything, and there was these dudes behind us who I think I told you the story of where like I fucking was tripping super hard, and I like thought what they were like pranking us. I thought they were like, uh, I thought they were uh, filming us and like trolling us. With are you talking about the guy that went into your camp? Yeah, he was like coming by and he was like dancing all funny and asking really weird questions, and it sounded like something like in my head at the time. I really felt that I had seen something like this or heard of something like this before about some people going around and just like asking people questions at like festivals to like troll them. Cause I mean, it sounded ridiculous what this guy was talking about and like the way he was saying stuff, he'd come over and he was like dancing and he's like, what's up dude? You guys like doing drugs? And, like very like, you know, so how much K do you guys do? And, like all this stuff. So you guys really like the whips, huh? I'm like, we're like, who the fuck is this guy? And I see his friend like walking around the side behind him, like walking back and forth, but he's not introducing himself. So in my mind, I thought, this dude's like here, like asking me questions, and this guy's like filming us or like recording us. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I call him out. Like, I was like, call him out, like, Liz and uh, Dave. And in my mind, I thought I was, I was so convinced. I was so right. And he was like right, a narc? Bro. Yeah, in my mind, huh? Did you think he was like a narc? Not even, I don't know if it was a narc or just like more like a punk type of thing where, you know, they're, they're recording like YouTube us. Pranks, oh, yeah, okay. like YouTube pranking like, us yeah, and going yeah. to festivals and fucking around and yeah. shit. Yeah. And so I, 
I was just like so set in my mind and that was a weird, weird moment. Anyways, I felt really bad later because I found out that they weren't like fucking doing that. <laughs> Even though there are some videos on YouTube, if you were to go watch, I, I, I mean, I swear this guy like, he kind of definitely reminds me of him. I think the dude's actually on Saturday Night Live now from doing these type of YouTube videos. I, I, I have to find out what his name is. I, I could ask him. Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, Kyle. Uh, Kyle, uh, fuck, I forget his last name. I think that's a guy. So yeah, he's a white yeah. dude. That that dude like uh that he guy. Does, like awkward interviews. This, like ask for questions. Yeah, this, those? yeah. Okay. This guy. I'm telling you, dude. And the guy's a cool guy. The guy follows me on Instagram. He likes my shit. I like his shit. He's a cool dude. Like I ended up meeting him, but he kind of like resembles that guy and even sounds like that guy. So I mean, I wasn't completely like fucked up, but I was fucked up. Like I definitely was like in, I was tripping. Like it was a different kind of one of those things where like. You're not seeing the inner like, most like you're just you're tripping out. You know you're you're like thinking some stupid shit. Anyway, God, I wish I could get video from that. Like, <laughs> I could actually get video of you yelling at this yeah. guy and see how probably innocuous the situation was. He was like, whoa, was but sober. he was so no, but he was so so cool. Like he was he. I I went the next morning and I like took a, a bowl over to them and like smoked with them. You could tell they were kind of like what the fuck. Like when I just walked up to their tent, but I sat down. I was like, look, dude, I. I've done this like once or twice in my day, like when I blacked out completely. Like, I did it at my old, my old house uh, when the neighbors above me, they fucking, I went over there apparently when I was blacked out and just like telling them I wanted to fight them and all this shit like that. And oh, so the next day, you know, I go over there and smoke my, I told this guy, um, you know, I, I, I was just, just being cool with them and they were fucking rad and till the next day, you know, cause they all fucking, cause that was a Saturday morning, I think. And then by Sunday night, you know, everybody's partying or whatever. And then we all came back after everything's closed. Cause we're like, well, we're going to sleep, try to get some rest. Cause we're all going to wake up and go. These guys were playing their fucking music so loud. Like, and it wasn't even, it was kind of like, I don't know. It definitely wasn't to entertain anybody. People were being pissed. People were like telling him, shut the fuck up. You know, we have work tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Cause they were going like through the wee hours of the morning. They're like, and getting on their phone. They're like, on the mic and just like, oh, who's gonna stay up and party with us? You want us to stop the music? And they're like, I was like, yeah, shut the fuck up. And they're like, no. <laughs> like, they just kept playing. And then they were gone by like six in the morning, wow. you know, like five or six in the morning. So they got out before everybody else still. Like they just you literally like played the music as they were cleaning up and getting out of there. So here's everybody else that's like tried to sleep through that, couldn't. And then they're finally falling asleep around like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. But the sun's already coming up and it's fucking scorching and it's not letting you sleep. There's no way you're going to fucking sleep there. So that to me is like why Desert Hearts isn't – I mean it gets cold. Don't get me wrong. And I suffered through like the the crazy temperature drops where it like really – if you're on acid and you're that cold, you're like not wanting to do anything. I was like, oh, fuck. But it's so much better than being extremely hot. So for me. much, in my opinion, yeah, much better than being hot because you can okay, yeah, like lightning in a bottle. As soon as that sun is over that that ridge, you're just immediately burning hot. Like your tent, <laughs> even though it's not that hot outside, your tent just becomes like an instant sauna. And when you have shit to do, you got you just have to get ready, and you're immediately just like in this wet sauna, like twenty four seven. Whereas Desert Hearts. That's it's like noon. You just had a whole long night of party and got a couple hours of sleep, and it is perfectly like just perfection in your tent. Like I do not take that for granted. Like yeah, totally. that was, that was really awesome. nice. That was the first yeah, uh, totally. you know festival that I've been to where I felt like I actually got to 
have decent sleep. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, Me too. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got, at the last I actually day, I was like, slept. oh my god, this is actually kind yeah. of comfortable. Like, it's fine, you know? Yeah. And even though, like, the main stage is playing all the time, it never, never stops the entire time. It just kind That's... of becomes part of your brain at that point. Like, it just becomes, like, something you could sleep to. Though, by the last day, it surely is, like, a. It, it, it becomes something that you're used to, but by the last day, you're definitely. Remember, we got in the car and we're like, you know, we we love dancing to that kind of music and everything. But once we got in the car and we were listening to Beck, it was kind of like, oh, it feels nice to to hear some other yeah. type of music. Yeah. Or, I, I figure other people are probably into it, but I just, you know, by I, I don't even like listening to a full set, of the same <laughs> genre. Mm-hmm. And so three days straight was kind of. Uh, I was like, okay, like, you know. I, I, I get it, but it's like yeah. I, I do want. I did crave some yeah. vibe. Yeah. You know it's a mean? very that, specific like, vibe. Like, I, I never thought that like when the camp behind us started blasting, blasting like ASAP. Uh, Bowers, <laughs> I would yeah, be like, were... thank God. Yeah. For, I never thought I would ever say those words. Yeah. Mace said the like, same you know thing. <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually liking yeah, this. But yeah. the, the music does contribute to that overall feeling that you guys get because it does keep you going of, it does keep you going and it does sort of make you focus on other aspects of the festival and sure. other feelings That's that why would like normally it. be no. they would normally be like you know put off by like oh we gotta get to this sure. headliner that's yeah. so big I hate the whole multi-stage aspect versus, of like people wanting to go here and go there it's like hey you can come down and try to meet us. You're most likely going to know where we're going to be at Desert Hearts. You're, you're most likely going to run into us there. And if you don't, like, there's plenty of things within. You'll eventually find us. You yeah, just got to, like, exactly. entertain yourself for a very short time in between. Where you go to Lightning in the Bottle, you could spend your whole night trying to fucking find somebody in, yeah. amidst the crowd and miss a set and then regret not going to this one or that one it's or impossible. have to choose. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's just completely different. And I mean,. I'm not saying that it's necessarily just because I'm old. I truly do like the vibe of Desert Hearts, uh, just where it's it's in its simplicity. It's not to say that I don't think the music at, at Desert Hearts is great. Like I, that's what I enjoy for a festival. I like that their concept is very much just uh, just a tribal like ceremony of dancing. And that's essentially what it is. Well, folks, that was the first of many just weird technical glitches where everybody sounds like a robot on meth. Um, so, yeah, we're going to cut right back to it. But since I have so many of these to do, I'm just going to replace these little um, apologies in the middle with the sound of a toilet flushing. So when you hear that, just know that that's me saying sorry. All right, back to the show. Or I could stay here and combat this face on. It's like the same thing in a marriage. It's like, fuck, well, I'm feeling something for this girl. But like, you know, it's about what you subscribe to or what you signed up for. If you signed up for getting married to somebody, then you really should not cop out of that by saying, well, fuck, I feel something for somebody else. At that point, if you really, whether you're religious or whether, whether, whether it doesn't matter what you are. If you say that you're going to devote your life to somebody, you need to learn in my opinion, that, you know, that's a commitment that you made. That's a choice that you made. That's something that is sanctimonious that you should try to uphold and not derive from. And if that means admitting and going through the process of saying, fuck, well, I have these natural feelings and I'm I'm naturally attracted to these other people, but I'm not going to do it, then you're right. Yeah, having those feelings is not that you can't escape from that. That's something that's going to happen. But it is the action, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that so many people, I think, in today's day and age, this is something where, like, this this is one of the areas where, like, my heart naturally, like, kind of goes in a conservative route where I could at least appreciate the sentiment of, you know, trying to to keep it together. And 
Like I, 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 maybe it's because I grew up in a family where my grandparents were like elementary school sweethearts and my parents, you know, they're very straight laced and they were together and they were by the book and divorce was just kind of always out of the op, like never an option, you know, and, and me growing up that way and being this hopeless romantic and going through these situations where I got my heart broken a shit ton of times. But I also realized as I grew up, you know, a lot of the things was just me being super expect, expecting of something or, you know, like having, um, I was just being overdramatic, you know, and like you kind of learn how to get over that. You kind of learn how to adjust to your, you know, for whatever, for whatever reason, that's just my path. I wasn't meant to just find that one person right off the bat and stay with them forever. Can you imagine how boring my fucking life would have been if I did that with my first or second girlfriend or anybody? Like, no, dude, it's crazy. It's so crazy. So like, you know, I'm eternally grateful for that, for all the lessons I've learned in particular, but you know, being that I'm single and I don't make any type of like engagements where I, I lead people on or lead them to believe anything, I don't have any guilt towards living this sort of free love lifestyle in the moment. And and I'm not saying that to make it seem as though I'm like off just fucking whoever and all the time. Yeah. I actually used to do that way more when I was younger. Um, and the ironic part about that is it was it only started happening for me once I didn't want a relationship, by the way. Like, once I didn't <laughs> want a relationship, and once I was working in restaurants or wherever, and you hook up with one person, and it, you know, you just, you, just the fact that you hook up with them, but you're not anything serious, and you're still friends, and you're cool, that floats around a place where there's other girls that you're cool with, and that you're friends with, and it sits in their mind, and they're like, well, why doesn't he, you know... You know, because that's never the intention, really. You know, it just kind of, it, it, it's, it's, it's weird because it comes and it goes. And as of right now, my mind is not, and it hasn't been there. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if I do at any point decide to get married or to settle down, it's going to be because I really want to be with that person. And I, you know, know that that person is somebody that I will at least want to try to spend the rest of my life with. And I think at that moment that I can make it happen. And I'm going to do everything that I can to make it happen. And that's because that's what I'm committing to. Um, and I think that in today's uh, day and age, you know, a lot of people have just become so much more accepting of the fact that divorce is such a common thing and that you can just separate and part ways and to each their own, if that is truly what it is. But my whole thing is why go through the process of getting married in the first place then? Why not just keep it an open relationship? Why not just, you know, take, if you're both at that common understanding and that's where, that's where, where I'm talking about because people even going into these things for an open relationship, not everybody's on the same page as much as they want to admit that they are, or, mm-hmm. or they want to, they want to try to say that they are and go, oh, we get it. We're, we're in an open relationship. Somebody's going to suffer more than the other person through that. Like emotions, you can't run away from them like that. There's going to be somebody that is more hurt from a certain decision made. Well, I think, I think emotional honesty is, you know, in a situation like that is super important, you know? Right. And the second that, you know, somebody does start to feel hurt. I think it is important to voice that, and then you realize, hey, maybe that's the time to cut it. But you know? do you think that because you just shouldn't? Uh, you just at shouldn't some point, though. But I think, yeah, and well, totally, and I agree. And I think that, like, in in a lot of ways, you can find people that. It, it, I think it's rare to find people that can actually have that type of open communication that mm-hmm. lasts. You know, it might last in the beginning, it might last right away. Mm-hmm. But then, even then, you can kind of question whether, like, like, well, how committed are you to this person, rather than the fact that you just like the. You like having sex and you like their company, but you also, I mean, it's, it's all getting into values that we can go on and on about. But, uh, when it comes down to it, it's like, why get married if you 
don't really want to spend your life with that person and you don't really want to spend your life with that person. Why not leave it open? Because being honest is key, but how long does that honesty last? Mm-hmm. Where, but where somebody's not, you know, because, I mean, we all know, and it's not to just single out girls. I know that there are a lot of males that I, I, I truly believe that it's equal on that plane. For every stereotype that you have about a male or a woman characteristic, you have it opposite for the other sex. So, you know, you could have those those women that just like, you know, string the guys along the same way and make them think that like, oh yeah, baby, I love you. And then just like not, you know, give a shit about them. It, that whole thing does go both ways mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I think just people are people, capable of that. People yeah. are capable of that. Absolutely. People are not, not, I mean, there's, you can go back and forth. Like you've seen it as a joke, like on Facebook, I'll go back and forth with like Amber or like other people about that. Cause it's always like, no, like men are assholes or like whatever. It's like, no dude, we're all fucking human beings and we're all capable at different points of mm-hmm. being more selfish <laughs> than, than, than the people that we love, you know, and, and trying to take more than we give or we end up giving more than we take. And in each circumstance, we learn something new and go with it. But, um, it's really unfortunate how some people can become so addicted to each other and they're addicted to the whether it's the safety or the comfortability of being with that person but they just know that they're not good for them they're extremely toxic for each other i've been in those relationships before and they've dragged along and luckily i'm not in them and it's not to say that you know i'm i was uh the victim or the you know the Manipulator in the situation, I think that that goes both ways at, at all different times. I think that the reason why we're not together anymore is that they're learning their lessons. You know, they've learned their lessons and they're moving on. And I learned from them and I'm moving on and we've learned from each other. And our love, you can't take away from it. It was love. The, the whole idea that you can only love, like you're saying, one person in your lifetime. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that wasn't my true love. That wasn't my soulmate. <laughs> you know, that wasn't my soulmate. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. It's no, because we're going constantly, like shedding layers, going through this experience called life. And we are meeting new people that have that are teaching us momentous things at different times you know monumental things that we're going through and experiences that shape the next chapter of our lives and you can either learn from it or you can go cry and be a whiny bitch about it and swear off men or women or you could just be like the dude and just take whatever comes along yeah (laughs) i I like dudism yeah that is the thing you know ever since i got back from uh from desert hearts uh last week i've been doing a lot more writing uh, yeah. Something that I used to be really into, and I've been, you know, I've really been hitting it hard again because for me, that's a good, like, it's a good, like, personal therapy. I can just bounce ideas off myself. And I keep circling around this concept of uh, selfishness, you know, and thinking that, man, there is really no such thing as, like, a non selfish act. Because I was thinking, like, yeah, okay, completely but, altruistic act. Yeah. Yeah. Because you derive some altruism. sort of benefit from it. Like, happiness is a benefit, it's something that benefits you. Exactly. And, and it even can be said that that's part of the ego, you know, because you, oh, absolutely. by yeah. doing that, you feel better because you can, even if you don't have to go say it, you just feel like you could say that I help these people. <laughs> I yeah. Did this. No, I did that's, that. that's like, that's exactly it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, I realized I was acting, you know, in this way and thinking a lot about just myself and how I felt about things, you know. And I just got really into this, like, existential loop um, that I kept that I kept writing about. But, um, yeah, no, I, I came to this conclusion that, like, there is no, like, interaction between two people or, or two things. Like, it's like, you know, they say every action has an equal or opposite reaction, you know. And I'm saying there, there is always probably some downside to every like piece of human communication. I think it's up to everybody to 
like realize your own value and realize the value that others put on what's going on. And that's like the heart of real, um, you know, altruism. Because I don't really have it in me to purposefully hurt somebody. Sure. You know? And it was, um, yeah, it was just like a fascinating uh, a thought experiment that I've been circling this last couple of weeks. And I, I wish I had a conclusion, you know? But there, the sad part is that, like, there, I, I like to think that, you know, obviously I, I, I'm more optimistic <clears throat> than pessimistic. And I think that there are more good people out there in the world. And I think that if it weren't for that, we would be in a much worse place than we are now. But there are undoubtedly people that are damaged, you know, and it's like almost like you have to question whether they're damaged beyond repair. It's really hard because as an optimist, you want to say like nobody's beyond repair. We could all work harder. We could all help them. But, you know, through your experiences, there's at some point with certain people. And this is where I come to that, like that kind of like battle in my brain about whether I've done enough or whether I was just copping out and being selfish with people you know it's like where do you draw the line because you could talk to so many different people about different things uh different circumstances and they're all going to tell you different things like you have more of your friends that are like just do you you know do you and then there's other people that like kind of have a different set of values that you can identify with and they're going to say no man you probably should have fucking try to help that person out a little bit more and so like you're like well what the fuck should i have done then because you know this person you know was definitely being toxic in some ways and i see where i could have helped him or i wish that i could have helped him but how long would i have been doing that would i have seen any payoff would it would it have been beneficial in any way and you know we all are constantly or i mean maybe not constantly but i've definitely gone through that where you come you have people come and go in your life and some people stick even if you take breaks with them and then some people you're just like man i feel really bad that i kind of had to cut ties with that person or i just naturally cut ties with that person but it happens and you can only hope that they do come to that uh sort of thing but that the, the weight of wonder whether as to whether they have or not and you're like oh man i i could have done something more you want you know you, you can't save the world but you want to strive and do as best you can it's always mm -hmm. that battle with yourself that internal struggle am i doing enough i don't know that's where i'm always coming with because you know if i'm over here talking and i'm preaching about things that um and i hope i don't come off as preachy you know but more or less just if i'm over here talking about things I'm realizing, but then I'm just unwilling to help people. Um, it, it, it's kind of, that, that hurts me more than anybody, so. Yeah, no, well, I think just really sitting down and, and, and letting your soul bleed like this can be beneficial to other people because you realize that you're not the same one, that everybody is also having these similar, similar thoughts and feelings, you know? Right. And I think it's also important to reflect on, you know, like you were saying, when things do go wrong, you know? Like, like, you know, I was in a relationship for like a long, like my first, like really significant relationship. And that one, you know, after it ended, I was like, man, I was perfect. I can't believe this. And Jesus. And then really on like a more sober reflection of that coming, you know, like over the next year or two, I was like, oh no, like I did some shit too. You know, it's realizing that you're not perfect. Realize that, realize that everybody's fallible and just, you know, learning from that, understanding it and working on yourself, you know? Yeah. And um, ultimately harboring no ill will towards somebody because I, you know, if you're, if you're at that point, I don't, I don't really feel like the other person is out to hurt the other person in, in general. I know you can't say that. It's, cause it's, it's because only because they're, they're hurting all, themselves. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it a bunch of different ways, ways, honestly. I can see it a bunch of different ways, but there's those, I mean, like you see it in literature that made me question it with like East of Eden, you know, like the, the idea that people can be born 
inherently like evil or out to like fuck you up and i got that from i mean obviously as an overdramatic person i i kind of like tried to like find those similarities with the girls that i dated when i was younger but the funny thing about that is like the, the specific girls that like i had these crazy dramatic uh you know breakups or or little you know squabbles with or whatever now i'm like extremely great friends with them and like they trust me more than anybody because like they know that i've been through some shit with them and that i'm as real as fuck that i'm as i'm gonna be with them and that you know um i know them inside i know what they're gonna do and i have a lot of friends that are girls a lot of friends that are girls that i like truly love and they know that i'm not out there to you know try to get with them or whatever because i can be just their friends there's so many different people out there i went from being that guy that was that was that guy that was just like every other guy and yeah. then you eventually go and you're like you know friendship is way more valuable uh than than wasting it on trying to just hook up with every person or seeing a, a person of the opposite sex or any sex that you're attracted to as um just you know somebody that you might fuck um so oh, I, 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 as, as having a lot of friends that are girls i you know it's funny because you would think like, why would you put up with this? Like, there's a lot of like nonsense that I hear or go through or, or what I think is nonsense. I'm sure they, they hear stuff that we do that's absolutely nonsense, but it's like, what the fuck are you doing? And they tell me they're very honest with me and I'm very honest with them. I tell them what's going on. And, you know, I, I could say that I can honestly like almost predict what my friends that are girls are going to do, but I can never come to an understanding of why they do it. Like, I know a lot about <laughs> the opposite never sex. Would. I just don't fucking understand it, and I never will. It's not meant to be understood. Because the second that you start to think that you understand it, it's just going to just throw you fucking curveball. It's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, nope, sorry. I mean, that happens all too often. So Yeah, no, I, I, do feel, I do feel a lot of those things that you're talking about, too. And I'm telling you, man, one of the most freeing experiences in my life is really realizing that, like, pursuing girls like you know the stereotypical dude would do is an ego pursuit more than it is anything about or at least for me i think it's a i think it's a hormonal pursuit i, I think I it's know. very i think I, it definitely changes with the homo, hormones i think like your your ego will change with the hormones thing, because like, like <laughs> now that i'm older and i'm fatter and i don't have as much testosterone in my body naturally <laughs> i don't give a fuck as much but before man i'm telling you when i was in high school dude it was weirder. Like, I look back and I want to slap myself for being like, damn, you were just a fucking horny, creepy bastard. Like, I was so innocent. Like, I didn't do anything, like, obviously, or anybody. It was just a boy that would just, like, see a girl and, like, have these mad feelings of, like, just crush. Like, when you crush on a girl, you know? Like, when you. Yeah. Like, it's been so long and it's really sad that I've, like, really just, like, sat and crushed on a particular girl but you know when you're like a freshman or sophomore or even oh, in junior yeah. high and you were going around and you're like at that age where they're just the hormones are raging through your body and so you see a girl and you're like sexually attracted to her but in your mind you're like i love this woman i want to marry her like i want to, i don't know if you guys felt the same way oh, but it was like me so in my mind i was tricking myself into not thinking that it was a sexual thing like i didn't think that i wanted to do that like i really really thought but but then you like later on reflect on it, you're like fuck other reason what I would have had to at 12 years old think that I want to get married to this girl like I don't know her what the fuck am I talking about oh yeah she's hot and she's you know we're going through fucking these changes and we're oh man so it's just really funny the older you get the more that dwindles away and it narrows it down and you kind of get an idea of more or less what you at least for me what I don't want as opposed to what I do want. Yeah. So at least I got that. I know what I don't want to waste my time yeah. on. Anymore. I think cognizance is that, you know, really pushed me to just be, become a better person, you know? Yeah, and, and totally. Not, and not be so caught up with this kind of thing. And I, and, I, and I did realize that fairly, fairly early on in my life, you know? And I've always had these kind of like, uh, 
sort of feminist ideals. You know, my mom, my mom just kind of like drilled into me. I always just like internalized that and accepted that too. You know, and so yeah. God damn, I should stop smoking weed during these things because I get because you're a feminist. Crazy. You're just a feminist. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you feminist, J- Jimmy. What are your thoughts on the matter oh, on man. feminism? What is your thoughts on feminism? <laughs> Um, women are great. That wasn't enthusiastic you know, I, enough. I, I, that I, was I, not I, enthusiastic I, enough. I, you know, do you not like women? Do you oh, I love women. not like? Uh, oh, what do you mean you love them? What do you love about them? What? Where does your mind go? I, <laughs> that just reminds me of Portlandia. The feminist bookstore yeah. owners. Oh my god, I love that one. But I got caught up in this uh, idea uh, earlier today that um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I got caught up in this idea earlier today is that like we don't have enough like descriptive words in the English language because I was realizing like things like feminism and stuff like that and racism was actually where I where this like thought got off in my head trying to articulate that, like, ideas yeah no like racism and feminism and things like love we need more words to describe these things because we don't always have, like, I think one of the fundamental problems that we have with, you know, you know being so divided right now, uh, you know, in this country and pretty much all over the world, is that we're all working with a different set of definitions well, yeah, and a different, a different vocabulary. You what know? you're saying is absolutely right, is that we definitely need more words, but we also need less classifications. People are constantly trying to put things into a box and sum things up when really we're not, I mean... That's naturally what we do, but at the same time, the reason why it's not as beneficial is because once you start doing that more and more, the people that aren't willing to question things every day and to observe something new every day and to to try to articulate something every day, they start to put things in these narrow boxes and they keep them there. And that's where generalizations, generalizations really just, you know start to become way too much of a beast. And and that's I think where we're at right now is that like we're dealing with different like you know uh languages that translate differently and you know like the english language is probably from what i've heard one of the hardest languages to understand because of how many fucking words mean this or that how many different things can mean the same thing it's a really very difficult thing to understand and even when you translate words over to spanish i know this very simply because i don't understand Spanish that well, but you know, you could say something that generally means the same thing, but it doesn't translate the same way. And you can understand that, you know, it's, it's a thing of feeling the, the scale, the gradient scale that you go through is so much, uh, it's so much more gradient on that level than what we are able to catch up and, and, uh, to keep up with, with our, our form of articulation, you know, and I love it. Like, I mean, I think obviously Terrence McKenna said that language is the most important uh, invention that has ever existed. And I truly believe that. Absolutely. Because, I mean, like, you know, when you ask that question to somebody, they're going to be like, oh, the toilet. Or, you know, fucking, you know, like the printing press or yeah. something that, like, along those lines. And those are all great inventions. But, I mean, language was an invention. And it's uh, a very exceedingly uh, rapidly um, evolving expanding, thing. Yeah. Expanding. And, and you know, that's, that's where I always, always, I, I love getting in those arguments with, like, fucking pretentious, like, English there was a guy that like fucking hated me that I worked with. He was like this English teacher and he was, he was just a fucking douche in every aspect of the word. And here I am judging somebody, but whatever. He was a fucking prick and he was this English teacher. And so he was just super pretentious about 
like the English language and when like the, one of those types of people that would call somebody out for saying slang or saying things grammatically incorrect. It's like, look, motherfucker, <laughs> do you speak the king's English? Then shut the fuck up. Yeah. You know, because English is such an evolving language. Like if you don't understand me, then you're not keeping up with times, motherfucker. You is a dumb motherfucker. And don't get me wrong, I detest certain words like they or or, sl- or or phrases. You know, there's certain things that we're just naturally gonna grow up not agreeing with. Hubby, hubby's yeah, the like, word for me. Whatever, I hate, like, yeah, I hate like, hubby. Hey, oh, if you call your but, husband hubby, I'm sorry, they, stop but it. But unfortunately, whether you try to stop it or Sounds not, like the more tire. you try to stop it, the more power it's it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hubby bar like the weed bar but the more you try to stop this evolve like this evolving you know you are going to only make it stronger just like i was listening to today about the coyotes in that coyote america book here's a different analogy is that like you know they try to strategically get rid of coyotes in certain regions by going and doing these math but it's in the, the coyotes natural um whatever they do where like they'll do this like this cry out like the woman will do a cry out for and if there's like missing coyotes like there's That's missing ones then they end up just producing more coyotes so they're like roaches of mammals you know they're not going anywhere and it's going to happen it's the same thing with these bad lingos these bad fucking uh phrases that we hate and that we detest so much but we we hate them so much that we end up fucking making them part of us and we end up making them stronger so the whole goal is to just try to like keep it unique and uh fresh as possible and say words that aren't stupid like lit as fuck or uh you know or i I think part of the issue i don't know if you guys do this too but i definitely do this i start using these things i'm like that's dumb and then i start using them ironically and then i catch myself using them like catch me outside that's how lit is becoming with me for sure, where I'm I like, actually I'm, like it now. I'm What's saying it as like it's like a joke, and then now I kind of yeah. see like, yeah, that was a lit. I yeah. posted it at least four times this week. <laughs> <laughs> but my, issue was, my issue is with people who are being purpose, pur- purposefully obtuse when it comes to like learning these new things, and that's what I think is causing some of the problems here. Is you're refusing to understand the point of view of the other person that you're talking to, right. and saying like, well, they're using words that I disagree with what the definition of them is. And you're wrong. This is my definition, and that's why you're an asshole. It's like no. Basically, like, yeah. It's just, it's just to try to demean. Like, it's try. To, it's like red herring away from whatever argument you're in because you're gonna try to discredit them from like, you know, oh, well, you you said this or you use this comma in a different place. It's just like a, a cheap shot away from fucking whatever. It's like you know we're, we're on Facebook right now. I'm not writing a fucking uh, you know. Uh, dissertation right now, so shut the fuck up. Like my grammar's gonna be off a little bit. Or actually, I'm in my car talking on my voice text. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, if, you know, you just don't get mad at me because uh, you don't like the word that I'm using. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what you're talking about. Yeah, no, no, I, to- I totally get you. you know, Wait, I think, that I think right, I think right now it was probably a good time for a quick little break, and we will be right back. Okay. Get it out of the way. Yeah, Burp it out, bro. <laughs> Burp it out. So, we're back. We've got Mr. Aaron, please, with us now. Yeah, we got a, a new person in the building. How's work? Work was good. Yeah, I had a nice little project this evening. Got that taken care of. They peg me for all sorts of weird fucking random bullshit. Because... They, they peg you at work, huh? Well, I mean, I, I didn't really know exactly what your like position was, but apparently it's missionary, and that Ooh. is um. Well, so you're I, saying Trader I, Joe gets I, in there? I prefer reverse cowgirl. Well, you wouldn't believe how many phallic food items there really are. <laughs> what? 
Uh, uh, is this what we wanted right now? Or are we going to get into talking about phallic foods? About, is that your job? You, you, you test them? Or? You do transferred it. pegging into a sex act that's... I. I just referred to me getting you well, know, well, I've made called upon to do. I something. just wanted to know how your day, how, how work was for you. It was good. Work was great. Good yeah. work was yeah. good. Next topic. So you but, okay. So you worked. You worked at Desert Hearts though. I did work at Desert Hearts. How yeah. was like? So you did that last minute. How did you find out about doing that sort of thing for um, the ticket? Well, our very own Phil Arroyo here has another friend named Phil who he uh, called upon to work an event totally unrelated to the festival scene, and I met him there. And uh, he was looking for volunteers, and I put my name in the hat and uh, got got picked for it. So, like, randomly selected, but amongst not, like a bunch of people, or not really randomly. I, I can't say that it was randomly. Like, it was like I knew a guy that knew a guy, and I I was definitely at the top of the list. So, luckily, like just per chance, you Phil were kind of a big deal. Phil and I got to know Phil, and <laughs> me and Phil got to work at the festival together. It was fucking rad. You were kind of a big deal. Just you're, a minute. You were kind of a yes, big yes, deal. Yes, yes, thank you, actually. Yeah, so, but no, you had, you, you were telling me that it was like one of the best experiences that you had, and that you would do it again for free next year. Oh, no, flat out. I would pay full price for a festival ticket uh-huh. and volunteer. And tell us why. Because it was that much fun. Fucking awesome. It was perfectly ridiculous. Yeah. I got to meet so many people. I worked the... Box office. I was the very front gate. I was the very. I was the first shining face that anybody got to see <laughs> when they were coming into the festival. I got to uh, really. I love this idea. I got to really set the tone for people's festival experience. And, the, and you're the person that like. You're the perfect person for that position because you you can see it in the way that you're talking about it right now. Is that you love to rise up to that occasion? Like you you're well aware of this being uh, another person's experience, and you want it to be as meaningful as everything that it's ever been to you. And so you're willing to go out of your way to make. Like by having their festival experience go well, it makes yours go well. Absolutely. Like I, I've said it over and over again. I, I I'm not an artist. I'm not a DJ. I don't produce any of these things that people consume. What I'm really, really good at though is logistics. And my absolute number one most pleasurable experience in the world is watching somebody else experience something that I created. Yeah. So if I can assist in developing the environment that you and us and all of everybody all these you know freaks and weirdos that we hang out with all the time enjoy that's that's it i'm happy but yeah. it's funny that you say that though because like uh, on the last day this i think was like the first time of the fest of any time i've ever seen you where you weren't able to rise up to that challenge because you were literally just like so tired finally from like being up for three days in a row because you are notorious for staying up the length of whatever duration that we stay at places usually like two to three days or for something and i do i do no i am the founding member and ceo of team no sleep for as sure bad of an idea as but the last but sure. what i was trying to say is that the last Hashtag day we were no we were trying to get you to because like we're like okay fuck the tires stuck in this thing who can we get like let's call aaron you were the first person to think of that you came over and then you were just like well, i don't know like, you well, were just I, like, saw, <laughs> I, saw, I saw that it wasn't working and honestly i turned right back around and you guys had already figured it out so i was like chill but actually this last festival desert hearts i took really good care of myself i got a solid 12 hours in that four days oh that's good that that's good i I went to bed i set an alarm i woke up an hour before my shift i got some breakfast i had a baby white bath i put on clean clothes and did my hair it was a fucking fantastic it was almost like a regular day it feels great oh it does you did your hair oh dude i baby i couldn't the babies are 
wiping you. It's the baby wipes that you. Okay. Bro, <laughs> no, just, uh, just clear uh, things. You lived in my tent, dude. What? what? That's you guys are just uh, you know admitting to some really gross shit right now. Yeah. Anyways, no, but I don't know. The baby wipe showers. I would always say that. I was like, I'm gonna go shake a shower, and everybody's like, you're gonna take a shower. I'm like, with well, baby wipes. Like, I don't have a fucking shower, yeah, but no, it's like you just get in your tent, baby yeah. wipes. You strip down and you just fucking get everywhere. But by the third day, it doesn't really matter. How many fucking baby wipes you use? You're not getting off. that shit off. It's not no. coming off. You're gonna. There's a. There's an automatic grime. Everybody that just layers that. your body, and you're. you go. I don't know. I, I think that the whole RV thing next year. And this is may. This is like the most bougie I've ever sounded. But like, if we're trying to do it up, like with the big group, the RV idea isn't a bad idea. I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> like, it, is, it is tempting, but I don't know if you ever get this. Um, this feeling or experience, but I know when I've volunteered, not at these kind of festivals before, but at other events where. I felt like being a volunteer and being a part of the experience really gave me a license to be as loud and obnoxious as I wanted to be, to really let myself become uh, this this character that I like to be. It's the reason I have a microphone in front of my fucking face right now. Well, because you know? uh, it's part of the production. You're yeah, a part of it. You're exactly. like, I work here, bitches. I have an excuse <laughs> to be, yeah. to yeah. be that guy. Like, I'm, I'm getting paid to be Well, I mean, guy. if you want to talk yeah. about like becoming something, like Desert Hearts for me really was almost a coming out experience for me. A transformation. It, it really was, because it was, it was my fifth festival, but working the box office and getting to know people that were really in the scene, because we've been part of RGL for so long, we've thrown our own parties, we've thrown our own renegade camps and everything, but I've never felt like I was really part of the, 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 the festival itself. Mm. Um, and I've been working on this for a while. Phil, I told you... I don't think I told either one of you guys. I dropped like a festival name, and it like really is more of a character that I have become more and more comfortable with being. And I dropped that at the festival, and I fucking love it. And there's at least you know fifty some odd people that just don't know me as Aaron at the festival now. They call you the catalyst. The catalyst. Oh, okay. And I dig it. And, I do and, remember and, you telling and, me that. And you know, I, I I love it. And I introduced that to people that were brand new. And they, I had one guy, he just went off. I was so fucking happy when he did this. He goes, he's Catalyst. I said, yeah, Catalyst. He goes, you mean the impetus for change? <laughs> the spark of reaction. That's fucking dope. And I was like, holy, yes, fuck yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> It's like, I, love, I love that witty banter that like you get from certain people all these festivals oh, too because there's a lot the of like there is a lot of like you, it, it, there, there's so many different types of people that you meet there like you're saying you know the people that have been doing it right up they're, they're fresh to it so like you know the little things might not, not that they're more exciting but it's just they're exciting in different ways where you can get these people that have been doing it for a while and they're still coming out to party and they're fucking around but they're a little like you know what I mean they're a little bit more uh, sarcastic or a little bit more fucking they're just like uh it's it's just a different thing that they're going for, you know. I was you I, gather I was so, a lot from. I was it. so nervous to drop it, especially when I was telling like you guys that I was going to make this change, that I was thinking about doing it because you guys know me for so long. I could I could introduce myself as catalyst to just anybody, and it was fine. Brand new people, just fine. They just accepted it because that's right the festival scene. I met a fucking bird dog and a Tony Origami and an, and a, and a fucking uh, uh, perception. And a ride out, and and, and these are that all just a, names that these people have adopted, and personalities so and things that they've become yeah. in well, this culture. Well, and, and it's perfectly yeah. well accepted. But coming out, coming and out, quote unquote, to it, you guys, yeah. 
and introducing myself anew to the people that have known me for so long for so you know in, in such a deep fashion that was the most nerve-wracking part for well, me like yeah. when buble was born <laughs> yeah but yeah. but you didn't give yourself yeah. that name though right no well see and that's the thing is a lot of times like I mean, no i think i, I did i've i've often oh you did i think jimmy I buble I, I lightning no i just said I believe it was just yeah. I was just saying, Buble. And somebody is there, just like Jimmy. And then it Buble. turned into like bubbles and all that other other sort of stuff. But yeah, it's definitely at lightning, and I'm pretty sure. But I mean, these are things that obviously just kind of escalate and they form themselves. And it's not to say that like having. I mean, I've gone with things that just as a joke, you know. But by because people kind of said it here and there, and then it just escalates and gets into this like. Everybody starts calling you the little black bear or the wizard or whatever. I think it's awesome that you do and you made the effort or the decision to go and try to – or to go tell people that that – introduce yourself as that. Because for me, I can't think of – I tell you how many times like I go out there all decked out. I'm obviously in this persona. I'm obviously like there to fucking dance. I'm there to enjoy every aspect of that, which is one of my favorite aspects of that festival is that people really dress up at Desert Hearts and take the time to be unique and colorful and vibrant and – and just really but also like self expressive, also themselves, but and they're also creating, in a sense, this persona. And I have it, but I don't introduce myself to people. Like, other than, like, oh, you're the wizard? I'm like, yeah, I'm a wizard, but like, I don't like have anything like, uh, like that, what you, what you were doing, where you were saying that, where I tell them, I'm like, oh, I'm David. And there's times I'm like, fuck, I wanna be cool. Well, like, that. <laughs> have well, something certain, cool. There's a certain property into it. And I, I think the reason that people do it's the same way, the same reason, like, you know, like Beyonce. Her on stage e- or like oh I get it yeah is Sasha Fierce you know oh is it you get I didn't step- know that. oh that's like that okay well that's that's just me knowing way too much about I'm Beyonce. barely getting to the Beyonce stuff because I actually <laughs> heard her album in Hawaii when we were driving with Judith in the car and I was like wow this is Beyonce this is cool it had like Jack White and shit on it it was <laughs> yeah. it wasn't bad no? but but that, yeah, that, that, totally. that like that mass that you can put on that avatar really separates you know it's a way that you can kind of oh, like, dude, simultaneously yeah. shed your ego and let it let Ziggy Stardust you know, you know? Well, I think people do it people do it all for their own reasons but there is definitely something to that being a larger character than yourself because i know that some of the most memorable people that i have met at it's like your own events, tyler durden it, it enables you to do something dope I, yeah, honestly, yeah. Well, yeah. Do, yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember the tooth fairy uh i oh, met i met that bitch a couple no i don't know who that is i'm sorry i, I was thought, trying to make okay it. i thought you were there with she a, was a sanctuary tent at uh woogie right or was it dirty bird it was dirty, dirty bird, bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that was one of the most crazy experiences that i've like one the most I would call it the most magical experience that I've ever had at a festival because this, like, this lady walked in and she looked crazy. And she had this <laughs> insane hat that she had made that she told me that she had been, like, working on and, and like, adding to since the 90s at Burning Man. When she what the fuck? She okay. had a hat that had, like, a lighter that was, like, on a zip cord that, like, she could pull it out and light something and then she would let it go and it would zip right back in her hat. But it looked like, like she had these crazy dreads going. Batman's utility belt. Yeah, and then we talked, <laughs> we talked for, dope. like, 30 minutes about simulation theory. That's... She was talking about, like, you know, you're, you know. Wait, oh, she is, she's the girl that came back from, like, the Lost and Found or whatever that, like, when I was sitting there drinking wine and then we got somehow into that discussion about politics it obviously went to like like hillary clinton and fucking uh donald trump or some shit like that yeah, but, but she really got metaphysical with it and well, then she, just yeah. the, in the same way that she just kind of showed up and introduced herself as a tooth fairy i was too and then drunk she was gone i was, and too, I was like yeah. what the fuck 
was I that? knew that people were like saying that it was crazy, but I was too drunk to like notice that like what she was talking about. You guys apparently had like some crazy uh, talk about yeah, simulation. Yeah, no, we, we really got deep with it, you know. And actually, that she's like that conversation was part of why like why I'm so interested in this idea of you know everybody dressing up the avatar. And part of that avatar can be the name. You yeah. Know? You're playing a video game. And she said, Absolutely. Like, she said it's a well, beautiful thing to believe in simulation theory because uh, in reality, in the chaos of the universe so that, that, that science talks about, karma and good things are like you know being balanced up by bad things doesn't really make a lot of sense. But if this is a simulation... Well, anything can all, make sense if it's a simulation because there's no telling how many it. simulations you are know, going on simultaneously, who controls could, it. Like, that could, you know, well, along those lines, I, I, I think... Just, I just love that. I love yeah. this. Yeah. Just I, think that some I, people, I, think I think that some people <laughs> choose an avatar. Like my brother, for example, he's gotten on this kick where every year, January 1, he's a new character. And this year, it's <coughs> fucking neon goth. Which I think is super cool. <coughs> neon goth. Neon goth. There's, there's, there's a black neon? What? No. I, I need neon to know about this goth. Neon that's that's, that's my brother this year. It's fucking rad. We'll have him on the show. We'll talk all yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Jeff. I need um, to know this, this is about. But at the same time, I think for some people, and I think that this is true for myself, like, it's not just an avatar. Right. <clears throat> you know, like, some people are these things. Like, Badger is Badger. Like he's actually a honey badger. Well, no, no, he he's just badgering. Oddly us, enough, you've called me a honey badger more than once. I know, I said that. That's <laughs> Which is weird. Like we I have a... badger as a person and then we have... I can't help it. I was trying to fucking, you know... I, You're I've not always... the first person who said well, that. Yeah, four separate people called me a fucking honey badger. There was a period weird. for a while when I was doing Little Black Bear and Coyote where, I mean, the concept still was very, very important to me and it was much more a part of my everyday life that I kind of naturally, in my circle had been a lot smaller than two. So anybody who was like significant in my circle, I was like trying to put some sort of animal for them that relates to them. Because I think that's, you know, personification. I mean, that's Chuck Jones has a good quote about that when they ask him like, okay, so why do you always try to, or why is it that, you know, everybody always tries to, or they ask him why you try to give human characteristics to animals. And he says, well, the same reason that every like Aesop or you know all the all these different storytellers Disney even like they all do the same thing it's because it's easier to humanize animals than it is to humanize humans yeah and that's a very interesting thing so like it was cool because you obviously like just you know Native American uh culture um that you know and also probably different cultures from around the world you know they 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 make relations to animals they give people animal characteristics and they they use them to describe different things and they've been completely allegorical throughout history and that's what i love about it and so to me it's like you're the honey badger you know like i mean everybody has had one and i just eventually stopped uh, doing that a lot of people have those totems you know like a lot of people uh identify intimately with certain animals and their characteristics and everything and then you also on, on the other hand you had this like you know totally fucking white girl they're, they're like so-and-so is my power animal oh you yeah know, my spirit it, animal yeah but i mean it, 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 it's, it's just interesting like in a sense i'm a mermaid i'm a gypsy i'm a unicorn well you know, the, like... the the mythological creatures yeah that totally has one you know one sense into it but if you take these individual aspects of different animals and everything people I don't know. I think there's a lot of truth in small jokes like that. Like sure. Such and such. Oh, absolutely. That's why like, I love in it. In the yeah. moment, at least in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like that's, right now I'm a fucking rhinoceros and I just got to be that yeah, to get through this that's shit a right good, now. That's a good fucking description you know, for you in a lot of ways. It's like, like, like normally rhinoceros. I'm a fucking pigeon, but today uh, uh, I need to be a silverback pigeon. gorilla and get this shit handled. That's like, true. I like that. I like that way of thinking for that because it's very, very true. And that's the way it was for me with Little Black Bear. Like I didn't think like, oh, I want to be a Little Black Bear. It started off as a joke. Because yeah. one of the first times that we, like, when I used to get really, really stoned, like, in the beginning with my friends to the point where, you know, like, it was, like, doing shrooms almost, like, where you needed a whole day mm-hmm. to where you're just going to chill somewhere. You're not going to fucking go anywhere because you get so stoned. And I, my ex-girlfriend, you know, she wasn't even my girlfriend at the time. She was just my friend. And then my, and Joey, you know, Joey was there seeing me, like, get super stoned and just raid our friend John's fridge. And just like was just eating it, like just like you know a, a black bear would do if he got into your cabin. He's just like going like looking through your shit. And so he's like, look at David, look at David. He's just like a little black bear. Have you seen and then, my picnic basket? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then my ex girlfriend was just like little black bear, a little. And it kind of just became this thing that you know very subtly just kept going. And at some one point, it just made sense. It's like no, dude, I. I I'm like fucking Baloo the bear. Like I'm just like this fucking easygoing. I've I think become those, this like easygoing fucking bear. I think those <laughs> Lazy organic transformations like that. You know that you, you may have been or whatever you become or, or or what have you. Those are fucking rad. But then there's other instances where I, I thought about this for where a you fucking create yourself year is what you're saying. I thought about this for a year. Uh-huh. I thought about like this specific word and I rolled it over yeah, and I spelled I it out and I felt it out and I talked about it you know, to a very few select people whose opinions who I, I, I um, <coughs> so very that's why I highly appreciate it. Yeah. I've talked about it. I talked about it with you yeah. months and months before I yeah. actually dropped it. I said it out loud. I wrote it down and everything. And, and ultimately I felt like this wasn't <coughs> an organic thing. I felt like this was the thing that I am. There's a big difference in that you right yeah the, the, the and there's no right or wrong way to come neither to that. No right yeah. or wrong neither's better no, or worse no blah, 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 but the other yeah absolutely but i think that there there's a, a dichotomy there for sure you know where you have the people that uh gradually maybe become the things that they are and then you have people like in in my instance again not that either is better or worse like i feel like maybe this character is and I feel so comfortable as this person. Maybe this is who I really am. Right. Mm. You know, if I could get to a point in my life where I could introduce myself to everybody. Right. Full stop. Like, if that's what the fucking world, world, I could just introduce myself. Ask Alex. Thank you for that intro music. That was fucking dope. That was some dub step, oh, bro. Oh, shit. That was insane. All right. Well, sorry for the Skrillex, technology. where are you at? Let's jump back. What, what Speaking you were saying, okay, so, you were so, about the name. You were like building this. So as I was now. saying, you've, you've got these people that organically, like you said, Little Black Bear or, or Buble or whoever who like organically become this thing. You know, it just starts out maybe as a joke with friends or, or what have you. But then you have other people like myself. And again, not neither is better. Sure. But I worked on this. Like I, I thought about it. I anguished over this because I was so hesitant to introduce myself like this. But as I thought about it and everything, as I became more and more comfortable with you guys specifically, there's no fucking way in the world I would ever be able to come out in this fashion without you guys, without our community, without RGL, without the festival life. Right. I would never, ever, ever in a million years do this. Right. But if... I could, you know, I would be perfectly comfortable. I would love to be able to just introduce myself to the fucking muggle world as yeah. 
catalyst. Yeah. Well, you can be me, you because could. I feel like that is ultimately who I am. I feel like it's more natural. Like for some reason, like I can go all the way back to the earliest memories that I had of my real name. It's like, yeah, my name's Aaron. Yeah. And it never felt white. It well, because the name isn't. White. It felt very white. It's it felt very white. white. Super white. Extremely white. Super white. It's fucking pasty. David's pretty white too, I guess. You know, I was accused of being whitewashed my whole life, so that I don't know what the fuck that means. But you know, like they didn't come and wash me in white water or whatever. It's just the fact that I don't speak Spanish that I'm whitewashed. Well, that's, you know? that's 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 people, a yeah. that's cultural a, bullshit. Yeah, that's whatever. That's, well, that's, well, that's neither here nor there. To jump into, I actually yeah. just got really deep into that conversation. Actually, do we want to? No, 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 no not really. But, I, you want to jump ship? Because well, I, I was could, I was just gonna I make can talk a, about for the third. I can that's, talk about that. I, we'll do we'll I do that in a second. Too, and I'm white as fuck. But basically, like I agree with what you're saying because it just kind of uh, summed up the the very similar dichotomy of you know life, different types of paths, like you know a, a kind of more just another sub uh, area of d- the different paths that people can take. Because obviously, there's a, a like billions and billions or infinite amount of different paths that people can have but like you were saying about how you meditated on this and you thought about it and you figured out reasons and i guess in my way you know it might have been more subconsciously doing it all along without realizing it but my thing that i've come to find from my life that has given me peace and more love and accepting in in the way that i go about things um, is that I find that I have more success in just allowing the universe or whatever it may be, even if it is just nothing, you know, work itself out and bring me opportunities rather than the times where I've sought out to do something specifically where I said, Oh, I'm going to be this. And I took the necessary steps and, you know, for whatever reason. And, and this is, this is where you're going to get into this constant debate because people go through their different experiences and they're going to say, well, no, it's because you didn't try hard enough. You didn't, you didn't work. There is a way, there is a method, there is this way to do this. So for instance, like I'm one of those people that just learned from trial and error that I'm the type of person that has had opportunities come to me and I seize those opportunities at the right time, but they weren't necessarily paths that I set out on to, to come to that goal where I'm at. You know, I've, t- I, everything that I have that I'm grateful for that has happened in my life didn't, it wasn't necessarily part of my plan. But on the other hand, I see, and I know people that did take all the necessary steps to do whatever they set out to do from the beginning and it was very noble and awesome and it's dope and I'm glad and that they're happy and they know it better and they have it's just a different a completely fucking different yeah. way of existence you know it's just it's, it's it's strange and I think it's beautiful that they both exist and no one is mutually excu- exclusive but it's just a very interesting uh, dichotomy yeah yeah no, for sure I, I was asked once if I considered myself a lucky person yeah that's a that's an interesting thing to think about i um oddly enough it was for a a job as working in la like as a bodyguard do you consider yourself a lucky person weirdest (laughs) weirdest question and i said no i said i don't consider myself a lucky person i consider myself fortunate to uh have been raised and have uh, enough life experience to recognize opportunities when they come up but well, at that point, you're arguing semantics, though, because that could be derived in the same exact way if you said you were lucky. Sure. I mean, Don't some people yeah. define lucky as, or at least it's a, it's a by the definition preparation, you know, pre- when preparation meets opportunity. Right. Absolutely. But 
I mean, yeah, you could. It just depends on how much you want to I mean, go. That's not like the Webster's definition. I'm just saying that's a. Yeah. That's so to add on to that, one of the reasons that one of the, the the I guess the virtues that I've really focused on for myself is trying to remain humble or at least humble myself because I've grown up a certain way where I have the natural inclination to be more f- sure of myself or cocky or kind of like take the have the tendency huge, to want to brag huge huge massive fucking chasm between cockiness right. and confidence right oh but trust and me as that part of it is how you display absolutely. yourself and carry yourself you can be a complete dick and know what the fuck you're doing right or you can you know walk softly and carry a big stick but here's the thing you met me at a certain point in my life whereas before I could have, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I've come to a certain point and I've come to find for myself that, re, that trying to, to consciously remain humble in most circumstances, it just benefits me more because once I let down my guard and this is not, I mean, definitely it's, uh, this isn't me trying to claim that I'm capable of like relinquishing my ego and remaining that way. There's never going to happen, but it's a constant battle. But like, I've noticed that over the years, once I'm just more conscious of like the things that don't matter, it's allowed me to, and this can go for people that this is why I don't think in, a, in an entirely that religion or having faith in certain things for certain people is entirely bad is the general sense that once people submit, even if it's all psychological, it allows for more peace in their life. Whereas other people that aren't naturally confident or cocky or outspoken in real life kind of need in a certain way to help build themselves up is to, you know, acknowledge that they are their own God. And I don't think that that's false either. You know, I don't know what the fuck it is, but the, but the, the psychological uh, reasoning for them to go out and say, uh, well, fuck, I am my own God. I don't need anybody else. And I, they kind of need that more because, you know, the fact that they weren't, aren't naturally as confident, maybe. I don't know. An, an individual in our species will fail. Oh, well, 100%. yeah, surely. You can live your life from start to finish. You can make a gajillion dollars. Whoever gives a fuck, doesn't matter. You will have no legacy. And the goal of any species is to live on. And if you tromp out in the woods all by yourself, you may be happy as a clam. That's That's great and if that's your thing that's awesome but you ultimately as an individual in our race as our species will fail because you did nothing to contribute to society we live we're social creatures you know you can you can you can take us as individuals you can take us as human beings you can take us uh from uh from creation from a creationist standpoint if that's the path you take to just single yourself out and not go anywhere and, and contribute to society Okay, like, and and that could be that's perfectly good for you. That's fucking great. That's fine. I'm not gonna hate on that. That's rad. I've seen multiple instances where people lived and died perfectly happy, separated from society. Sweet. Well, I, I, I think that you know, or at least I'm a believe that the universe just doesn't give a fuck. And that oh no! Oh no! Well, that's my oh, no. that was my next Absolutely. thing. Is like, Impossible. do we think that every single no. person though can achieve the same thing as everybody else? Can every opportunity be the same for everybody? I don't think that that's. I don't think. Here we're, we're talking about possibilities now, so because you could go down that rabbit well, hole of no, like, well, and, and, and everything every is possible. Has but. a thousand fucking choices, and there's a thousand billion jillion different opportunities and and fucking universes and planes of existence where separate we're infinities. all fucking making completely different choices and living separate lives, you know, on parallel planes of existence going down this like massive stream of consciousness. So what the fuck doesn't matter? 
<laughs> you know, it, it totally it's just like you're just it's just what kind of video game or what kind of movie you want to watch or play yeah at that point yeah you know and i and 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 i mean maybe to kind of sort of maybe wrap this up i'm finally at this point in my life where i'm playing the game i want to play that's cool yeah, yeah that's a good that's I'm a not, good way I'm to not go about it by somebody else's rules anymore i did that for a long time i focused heavily on the things that i thought that other people thought that i should be doing and focusing on and i succeeded fortunately fortunately as fuck succeeded in those endeavors and i've arrived at this point in my life where i i kind of understand i have this confidence Mm -hmm. i have this ability I have all these skills and things that, you know, have mm-hmm. culminated into me being this individual that I am. And fortunately, it's working very fucking well for me. Yeah. Well, you're, you're at a point where you, you feel the need to, to phrase it as, as coming out, you know? Yeah. As, oh, if, as if it's something I that, feel like that I'm shouldn't be accepted. Busting out of a fucking there. shell. Oh, like, like, that's, like, that's like, a, that's a I'm saying thing. that the path like, there yeah, to I that point. I feel like I've been incubating yeah. for the last 32 and a half years. And yeah. all of a sudden, like... You were Good. born in, yeah. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay, no, I won't do that. That's okay. Getting the fucking like munch on and not feel bad about it. I'll get them and eat them with hot sauce, and they're they're not bad. Okay. <laughs> hot sauce and anything. I think the problem is that I I'm waiting for a smoke. girl to let but me. But if put you hot buy Pringles on. and then eat Pringles and then eat those, you'll throw those in the fucking toilet. What those butt foot veggie chips? Like I'm pretty sure I just watched you smoke a lot of weed, and that's probably why you're actually liking them now. Well, that's exactly right. why our, our first sponsor. Our first our first ever sponsor. Butt foot veggie chips. Veggie <laughs> chips. <laughs> they straight up just like sea salt. Do you like feet? Do you like well, you're sensible weird. portions. This is the same fucking portion as a fucking Pringles thing. Don't didn't that, didn't that one girl say that you were probably a toe sucker, David? Yeah, she, oh. <laughs> she thought that no, no, we're not gonna get into that, but she <laughs> thought I was a toe sucker. I'm She's like, saying. You look like a toe sucker. I'm like, I hate feet. <laughs> but <laughs> like I eat ass all day, but I will not <laughs> the put booty a foot juice in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, well this is these are all inside jokes that we don't need to go into over here. Well yeah, just, no, we just really fast up and trying to talk about butt <laughs> and feet. But what I did want to talk about is I want to talk about uh, your experience, Jimmy. Um, you know, as a photographer at these events, you know, being, you know, with them, what, what is that like? Because that seems, it's just, it's so crazy. You always have some of those interesting stories because you're, it's your job to be in the most interesting places as things are going on. Yeah, man. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. Like you, I don't know, you, you, there's a fine line, you know, you want to, you know, be in the moment in order to capture it, but you still need to be, you know, aware enough of what's going on. But yeah, it's super exciting. Just festivals are ultimately like a photographer's paradise. Like it's just these crazy, enormous uh, art structures with crazy stage designs and productions and the most incredible, beautiful people you will ever see, like dressed out to the nines, just like whatever imagination they have, especially at these ones that aren't like, they're more... Uh, they're not as big as like a big festival like Coachella or something like that. You know, Desert Hearts is like a 3,000 max festival. It takes place on like a beautiful Indian reservation in uh, like the San Diego like mountains. And yeah, it's just you get a much more intimate feel for people and just being able to, you know, truly just set a goal to to capture that 
is is just really fun. That's fucking mm-hmm. awesome. The coolest. How how did you get started with that? Um, it started off with uh, me bringing a camera to this like tiny little festival over in. Um, it was near Big Bear. It was called Minus Zero Festival, and I had just gotten my new camera, and um, you know. I was, you know, thought I would be hit or miss. I don't know if they're going to let me bring this camera in and, you know, brought it in and uh, ended up getting some photos of our friend Mackenzie. And from there, she used that as her profile photo. And, you know, someone from that festival saw it. And was it re- Stardust? Yeah, well, it was a couple people, Stardust and then Cartographer. So Stardust hit me up for some cool. jobs, which was really cool because they were like some of the first like paid gigs I had. And I was just like not even expecting to make money off of buying this. I just bought it purely for getting for doing night photography because it was really good in low light. Did Stepping you, up the game. So how yeah. how big into photography were you, were you before you know uh, festival life? Like is this something you've always been doing? I feel like I, I mean I feel like I've never actually asked you that. Yeah, like, I mean I I, I, I yeah I mean I've always been interested in it. You know like to the point where my dad would like get mad that I was like messing around with this camera would be afraid that I would break it because I was just notorious for breaking shit as a kid (laughs) but yeah like in high school took a a photography class and you know really got into film at that point and it was just a a beautiful thing to develop your own photos and you know just to see that whole process and then I totally from there I was interested in it but never thought of myself as a creative artistic person because I couldn't draw so I just immediately from then I was like, no, you're just not creative. Like, no, you don't know how to play mm. many instruments to like that full extent that, you know, other people can do. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't think I was. I thought I was more of like, you know, it was just the pretty much the brainwashing of society to think that like, oh, you're good with science yeah. and math and computers yeah, and you're not thing. artistic, you know. So, you know, so there was a little Maybe break from there where I was getting into, you know, the whole science computer stuff more. And then I got an iPhone 4 and just was like super into how awesome the camera was like i had the older iphones and stuff but this was like the first time where i could like get up close to stuff and focus mm-hmm. yeah and then from there it, there was no there was no uh limitations so i just started going and getting crazy with that and then from that that led to time lapses which time lapses led to my whole teaching of photography because you just need to figure out how a fucking camera works when you're doing especially time lapses at night because they're, they're long exposures. So, yeah, from there, it just ultimately pushed me to, like, buying this new camera and then randomly took it to a festival just for fun. Mm-hmm. And then from there, ended up getting uh, reached out saying, like, hey, do you want a free ticket to this festival to come photograph our green team? And they were like, you know, it's going to be incredible. Like, we're doing, like... Uh, like recycling for this whole thing and we're also doing like body painting for anyone that wants to come join in and to me as just like this person that had never really done festivals i was like completely mind blown i was like yeah like of course so like i get to go out here and like photograph and you guys want want me to come out for free like let's totally do it and then that led totally into just going to like over 30 festivals now, like that, shooting them all. I just remember like how you would always, when we would hang out way before we even really started going to festivals, uh, you know, when, before we even like met up with the fam and everything like that, it was, mm-hmm. you would always have your camera with you anyways. You were always looking to like, you know, just, just take photos of whatever. And I've seen it progress and it's crazy. And it's, it's awesome how like 
you were sneaking into festivals. <laughs> and then, yeah. you know... Well, and then, certain ones. Well, yeah. Like, there you know... There's only, like, maybe three that I've snuck into. Well, okay. So, like, it, you... It's more than I have. I, either way, like, you're saying... But out you of, just, like, 30 festivals, like, a lot of them have been, like, either volunteer work or some sort of trade or... Some of them have been paid as well. Right, more, I wasn't more in yeah. the future, but yeah, not like, trying to like throw some of that. The like the ones we stuck into the, the yeah. Irvine, the ones yeah. at Irvine Lake, yeah. they're easy. Yeah, you know? no doubt. Right. Like, yeah, they, hey, this is hey, I'm not putting you on trial here. I'm just saying it's funny how you went from being at that point where you were just going with your camera as an innocent bystander and just taking photos of your own thing and then posting them and then getting them recognized and then it just taking off like wildfire, where you're pretty much going to almost any festival that we would like to go to and mm -hmm. being able to shoot it, you know, and getting your stuff out there. And you've received a lot of love this week, I saw from Desert Hearts too, you know, uh, with the crystal ball photo, which, you know, it's kind of become your, your, signature, your signature thing, you know. With, so and So there's that. And, and you know, the obviously your transitions from the day to night photos are just on point. And I, did you go... You did you have that you know photo from Symbiosis that you made in mind at Desert Hearts when you decided to like position yourself in this? Like, did you go to the same exact spot you know in the daytime? No, the not, not consciously. I knew that I wanted a shot like that, but um, in so my the, the shot that that transitions from day to night. From, yeah, the same, from the same perspective. Right. Yeah. You know, a, a summary of the whole festival in one photo. If you really could, post yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. I wanted to transport people and take them to a place that wasn't just limited to like day or night, because those are two like really just huge things that you see. And I know that there were going to be like no matter how beautiful, I knew people were going to see it in like a beautiful colored way. Like everyone can get that perspective. And but what really does it is how people, the different photographers, do their editing and stuff, make it more give different moods but i i wanted to go to something beyond that and really transport you to that overall feeling of that journey through the festival of like going from day to night and and for me i initially when i thought about it i was telling my girlfriend that like yeah like i'm i'm have that envision of the shot from like high above and getting like the whole festival like change from day to night and I didn't think after the festival that I would have something close to it. And it's just by by the sure means of it that you're going to get a same same sort of shot, you know? And it they weren't... Well, how, how many photos was it? Oh, yeah, 5,000. 5, yeah, 5,000 about Wait, from the three it? days. No, no yeah. hold the fucking phone. How many? Like, for real? Yeah. 5,000 shots? Yeah, 5,000. Yeah. That one? Yeah, that happens. 4943. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how many went into that... That, that one shot that we're talking about, that, that left to right day to night Oh, the left transition. to right shot isn't just two photos, yeah. It's no, I knew it's not. No, no, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's comprised of like a few different shots, actually. Like some, and it, that's, that's the cool part of the photo is that you're, you're pretty much compressing time into one photo. It's not like, when you think about a photo, it's just this like intimate moment that's one moment in your conscious that you can relate back to. But with this, I wanted to just just tear down that whole that's wall you know shatter that mirror that's, that's and just yeah take you to a place to where like you're like holy fuck like this is you back. crazy if you were there it puts you back in that place and i looked at that shot and i i think of that and i just like get chills thinking about that's where i was that's what i did this weekend yeah you know people ask me fucking muggles ask me what i did last weekend like i could show them that shot and they're just like 
holy yeah shit, the it, yeah like you yeah, say I'm, like I'm did i like it. plan it out mm-hmm. and was did i consciously go to that same spot and it's like no i didn't have to like just by the just by you know like how the festival goes on its own i was going to be in that same exact perspective so it wasn't hard to you know to line them up but it's like how i wanted to line them up yeah. and like which parts i wanted to emphasize more and I didn't want it like when I did the symbiosis one, it was like a very like rigid line because it was a geometric structure. That was beautiful. So it was like it, was it made more really sense. Cool. But this one, I was like, I don't just want to have it like go from like a sheer line. So I wanted to blend it. And that was like the really fun way. And it makes it more natural and it really flows like with, you know, yeah. the photo, you know, yeah. and. Um, you know, yeah, I, I've I've always been consistently impressed with your ability to to tell the stories. I've been at the at the you know at the things that you're shooting, and then when I see them through your eyes, I'm just like, oh yeah, like more so than you know I've ever been able to capture. Like you you've always been able to do that. And and what I think is also so cool about your work is that you know I can't think of another photographer who really has like a signature. I don't want to call it, a like a, a gimmick. You know, because it's so impressive, and that that word has that that word is so weighted. I I, I can't think of no. I mean, it's right it's now. definitely like something that gets used thing, for sure, and you know, it can get cliche if it's not done. I wouldn't say so because I've never I've never seen that before, and mm-hmm. I don't see anybody else using it. At, you know, at, to su- I mean, like, as with a, such power. Yeah, I mean, as a know? photographer, I definitely it's definitely used. Like if you're, like if you just go on my Instagram, like, you probably wouldn't see it. Like like. A lot, but it's definitely something that photographers love to use. Yeah. But it, it's all about how you use it, and you yeah, know, it's, there's it's the still way that, you use it that, there, that has, that has created this this sort of this style, this unique signature this to illusion. it that is very. It's from your camera that you're focused to, and yeah, it's it's just really fun to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's a lot of trial and error. That's how you get to five thousand photos, you know. At the end, doing that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it is impressive, man. Uh, any any uh, any tricks up your uh, sleeve? Anything you've been working on? Because I know, you know, I just we've known each other for for a couple of years now, and I've mm-hmm. seen you know new ideas where I'm just like, oh man, I'm almost mad at you for thinking of it first because <laughs> some of the shit is so impressive. Yeah, so I mean, basically, it, what you're saying is you want to steal his ideas before yeah, he comes up with it. You want to fucking rip right, Jimmy yeah. off it's and fucking. Yeah. Uh, see, he I mean, wants it's to get all the impersonation is the highest form of flattery. It's all the incredible photographers that really like push this because it's, it it just really, just pushes you in a way to, to want to set yourself apart from everyone. You know, not just the festival photographers, but all the all the other photographers. Um, you know, and just, you know. I know there's going to be amazing photos at Desert Hearts. So you guys saw all the camera people there, oh, yeah. you know. But I I was like, I was so subjects. I felt so much pressure after to like. Like to create something that would like truly just stand in people's minds and make them be like, oh yeah, that like that image, and it's not just something that, no matter how beautiful of a moment, you know, because I have like tons of incredible, beautiful, candid moments from Desert Hearts, you know, but I wanted something to just encapsulate and like just capture what it is and what it was to me, and you know, that's ultimately what led it to that. Like, it was just totally not, not a plan. I wasn't like, boom, I'm going to stand right here and do this photo. It just ended up working out the way I wanted it to. And thankfully it was, it was recognized by them and they're super awesome for appreciating it. Cause it's a lot of like, 
like I was totally intimidated because I didn't know. I was like, is this cheesy? Like, is this kind of weird? I didn't know how it was going to be, you know, no. taken, See, you know? Yeah. And like, it, it's a lot, it, it's, you definitely don't want someone to just be like, oh, that's fucking stupid, you know? No, no matter how many people appreciate it, you know, it, it still hurts. Yeah, that, that, that one, that one it. verse, that can yeah. be pretty devastating. Yeah. So the so, affirmation was probably extremely fucking, uh, that's what made you super happy. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. It was just uh, like, it, it just tells you that like, you know, you're like, take like those people chances, agree yeah. with your vision and like they don't second like, guess it. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Don't second guess it. Like I was into it. Like I loved it. And I was like, you know what? By the time I, for anything, by the time you post it, you still have to think that like, yeah, people might not like this, but I fucking like it. And I hope they do too. Like that's mm-hmm. all you can only, only go into in a positive way. Right. And you know, that, that you know, is- yeah, my girlfriend was just like, Oh, like, Porkchop's posting it and Mike Lyons posting it. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, if Desert Arts posts it, I'll be like, I'll be happy because that means that they feel that it's reflective of their festival, you know. Mm-hmm. And Hell yeah. and all the other ones that they've been posting have been like, you could tell it's been like a timed thing. Like, oh, this person's album is posted. It's been very media driven yeah. not yeah. not media driven but like media I, I, like scheduled you can you can like, see you can like just you understand mar- the code under, you can yeah. see the yeah. like, numbers that it is you don't yeah. want to be like and me. all the photographers yeah. that they've been posting are ones that they were specifically on their like photo team uh-huh. you know and this time they didn't have to post that photo it was just like totally by their own thing and they yeah. wrote something really beautiful along with it so i was just so grateful for that but that's a thing it's very important to to recognize that you know that is a thing of releasing certain things at certain days. I mean, you, for one, it's interesting because you are a photographer, but your Instagram, you like never post anything. You like only, you save it for like the photos you really, really like. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. You know, like not everybody's supposed to go about it the same way. Like I'm the type of person that just because I am not a photographer and I use Instagram just to basically tell my story and I'm narcissistic as fuck and I have a lot of well, things going yeah. on. I'll post like, I'll post like yeah, I mean, four Instagram's or five. A pla- Instagram's a platform for me, you know, sure. it's, it's open to a lot of things and I don't yeah. want my Instagram cool. to get like super sloppy. And like, so you're very I, selective. And, and like, yeah, I'm very selective and I have, I have tons of photos that I take for me, you know, like there's a bunch of festival photos from the Desert Hearts Festival that you guys probably won't even see because it's like, it's not going to be good enough for like, like what the album should be or like the the sort of like epicness that I want it to be. So it's just all about what what you want to put out there, but it's you always have to shoot for yourself. And I think a lot of people appreciate it too. Like they like waiting or they like, you know, they understand the significance of like posting selectively. Right, like cuz I mean, I'm sure that just, it goes but anyways, you're not going to please everybody as long as you're pleasing yourself. That's the main important thing. Yeah. Like you said, but um, you know, like for me, I know some people like really like looking at my feet or whatever, and they'll say like four or five pictures. I'm like, man, you're having so much fun. But then there's a lot of people like, fuck, this guy's a jerk. He's a douche. He posts so many photos. And so they're like, oh, Jamal's cool because he only posts a really good photo I mean, every yeah, once in a while. Gonna, <laughs> so, I mean, that'd be like, Jamal doesn't fucking post enough too. It's just yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. you're not going to please everybody. Yeah. But it's interesting that that's how you go about it because well, everybody else posts. There's, there's it goes that, right that, back the, the little voice that, that is your ego in there that makes you think, what's the worst, most devastating thing that somebody could really get in and cut? And you were talking about posting that, being unsure 
about um, posting that photo because you're like, oh, what if somebody thinks it's cheesy, you know? Yeah. And then what you were talking Sorry. about talking about, what if somebody thinks, what if somebody says I'm a douchebag? Yeah. I mean, what you were talking about earlier is saying, what if somebody says like the name that I've chosen is stupid? You know? I think it's pretty and clear I, that and, I've come and, to terms and, with and, the yeah, not giving a shit about being a douchebag. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's just <laughs> all this I've work. <laughs> just doing anything yeah. takes such an incredible I'm amount of do it for you, man. Yeah. Do you? Just yeah. do it for you. No, yeah. but and like, you know, it's, it's, it boils it's, down to like people spend so much fucking time. Like I spend so much time, and everybody I know, I spend so much time like being so caught up and so wrapped up in 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 what the fuck other people think. And to a certain extent, myself, I, I I'm and I am incredibly concerned with what other people think. You know, that's why I took so long to drop this. You know, that's why I talk to people that's why I get people's advice on shit that's you know but whatever like at the end of the day you really just have to do things for yourself and if you're true to yourself you're honest if you're authentic if you are real like that you know if if what you have is is a value if what you have to offer people the people are gonna find you and I think it's rad. And I've said it so many fucking times. Your vision, the way you perceive the world, and not just that. Like, I perceive the world a certain way. That's fucking my thing. But your ability to encapsulate your perception and deliver that to fucking exemplify that and show it to other people is just insane. I love the way that you look at the world. I really it's appreciate that. not just about the pictures. It's not just about the raw photo. You didn't just take a shitload of photos and Such publish them. You know, you didn't take a photo and, and, and edit one photo to make it look better. You didn't drop a filter on some shit. You didn't just like Instagram that motherfucker. Like you really spent time. And yeah, to... now each one of these photos are all like there's. There's Multiple like 290 photos. out of the 4,000. I'm not one of those mine. photographers that are like, like shooting yeah. photographs. Like, oh, there's accuracy that's not how it is. Like, especially you... when you're shooting with like night photography and like changing lights and stuff, you need, you need a lot of photos because just the light's so dynamic. So that's pretty much where the bulk well, especially is. Especially when you're, but yeah, every, every photo is individually tended. Beams. Yeah. Everyone is individually tended to and edited for that distinct photo, you know, like that story you know, it, every photo gets its own attention, you know, and that's, cool. that's ultimately like what sets apart photographers, you know, cause anyone can get the perfect settings for the light and, you know, do that. And, but, you know, it's, it's about how you want to compose it, how you want to, you know, e expose your photo. If you want it like blurry or sharp or, or overexposed or underexposed, like that's all creative. You know, like you said, and no, none of the photographers will have the same photos there. Like no one. And right. like, we're literally shooting like at the stage. <laughs> we're all like within like inches of each other, you know, sometimes our cameras are literally in the exact spot. But you, but you guys all have very signature styles of yeah. editing, post, everything is everything. different. Waiting for that magic yeah. moment of like what, like which one you're going to use out of Mikey Lyons, like fucking million. Well, it's literally the way you're you know? perceiving like, it. The moment that you're capturing is the moment that yeah, you're, that's the that, one where I'm like, I love you, that moment. That's the moment else, yeah. for me, you yeah. know, your and, reality, your perception. I fucking, love and it. I'm just grateful that that moment for me is like, 
it resonates with people and I'm still shocked to this day that it does, you know? And, but for me, I'm still never happy. I'm still like, Oh my God, I still need to like do more. And like, yeah, I can never get comfortable, you know? And yeah, you you see the ones that like are complacent with where they're at. And that's not where I want to be. I'm always just like striving to do more. And then I see it. Like I put on a lot of pressure for myself for desert hearts and I was still like kind of talking to myself after of like you need to like kind of chill out but at the same time like that pressure is what like sparked that photo that I made I was True. like just trying the so pressure. hard in my mind of like I was like I need to create something that's just different that's just gonna blow people's minds and just shatter their like whole concept of what this is you know and like I love all my photos you know you can like there's just so much beauty there but it's still there's still that thing that's just i don't know what it is in me where i'm like i still need to do like something beyond that you know right and that's what leads to the crystal ball shots and the prism shots and the double exposures and just everything that could be different and exploring that and it's not to say that you can't get just get a beautiful classic shot right you know, with just a normal perspective but like why not do the weird shit? Why not right. do the yeah, fucking no, crazy? Dude, throw so the crystal ball in the air. Doing the fucking like portraits and shit. Like why not go but, fucking? Fly yeah, like people like, there are bringing like studio lighting to yeah. Death Hearts. Like I it's saw going that. Crazy, it's kind of like some weird lights. Like it's kind of a little weird. The whole, I didn't use one flash the entire festival. All natural. Just the subject. I mean, whatever. I'm not gonna talk shit and hate, but it's kind of very like. It's it was almost styles, like for a costume, you know? like uh, like photo, you know, like in the woods. It's kind of cool, but it yeah. was just, it was definitely interesting seeing that. But, you know, the thing I was going to get to is that, you know, you're obviously doing it and killing it in the festival world, and you're like obviously shooting anywhere you can. And I know from being your friend and hanging out with you all the time, how much you like are inspired by a lot of other photographers that you see, especially in today's day and age where, you know, like, it's just a different realm. And I was talking with Brianna about this today because she works in a photo gallery, you know, like a, a high-end, you know, like really, really fine art uh, photography gallery with landscapes and stuff. And, you know, some we were talking about just like looking at it and getting a certain feel from these. Like, yeah, these are fucking obviously like the most amazing types of photos based on the types of camera and gear and like and, and editing and like, but it just almost looks too fake or cliche. Like, it's like, there's no character behind it as much as it, the, the people that, you know, are kind of in... Like that Windows desktop background. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like something that, like, you're just Nat like... you're Geo like, like, photos. Yeah, but, yeah, but not Geo know. photos are even, like, better, some though, because some of those, like, the, yeah. like, depending on the wildlife or whatever, these people actually had to go out and, like, camp for, like, six days, that, where, like, with photo. the landscape photography, you'll see a lot of, like the people that they, they go to the same locations and they're dope locations and stuff, but it's kind of the same thing. Whereas you're getting these, it's more of like with the Instagram or, uh, you know, uh, um, Snapchat and YouTube, even like these, it's more of like a photojournalistic uh, approach to just traveling and seeing the world and seeing beautiful places. And I've noticed that like all of those photographers that you, we, we check out, that you've showed me like they all kind of are going to the same places at the same time and not necessarily like they're copying each other. It's just kind of like this interconnected, like uh, yeah. this wave. Well, of, I think it's of, like a fulfillment too of like, like Yosemite's really done a lot, you know, and it's like, cause like, yeah, who would right. as a photographer, like you see an Ansel Adams photo and you're like, Oh my God, I want to fucking go to Yosemite. Wow. And people still shatter like my yeah. views of like places that I've been like that. 
but yeah, it's definitely something that's just always going to be oversaturated. Well, that I was my thing. Is that's that why the I, ones that stand apart really stand out. Well, I think no. it's like, as far as photo work goes, like I appreciate your perception, the way you view the world, and there are those Ansel Adam photos where people go back to Yosemite time and time and time again to try and recreate a photo that's already been taken. You know? Yeah, totally. Why? For, for, for training purposes, for learning purposes, for like trying to get your fucking chops down, like that makes perfect sense. But to like publish somebody else's vision to to follow in somebody else's footsteps, what you're doing is fucking dynamic shit. It's like breaking ground. You're shattering things. Like the way that you bring your perception, your reality into focus, into frame for everybody else that doesn't quite get there is fucking rad or or you know or maybe we do get there i know i've fucking been there but it's a temporary thing <coughs> that's a whole other talk but the way that you like can encapsulate a fucking moment that is just like absolutely magical and psychedelic and fucking rad is is really unique and, right. and i fucking love it that's awesome yeah no you're absolutely right about that it is fucking amazing and that's why we all love it and you're you know obviously my favorite photographer because if it wasn't for you i wouldn't have like near, like one percent of like the dope ass photos of myself oh, that I have. I'd be like at least seventy five percent less cool without you. One last question though is that because I just asked you all about all that is like what do you do you have any, I mean somewhat foreseeable goals or like an ultimate end goal or or just like what you wish to achieve, uh, with shooting like you know any specific places in mind that you're gonna go on any adventures to kind of like up your game for yourself. I mean yeah I just want to just always be expanding you know and where wherever that could take me you know that's the the overall like magic of this whole thing because it's been pretty crazy and i have like just kind of you know invested everything into this at this point you know like this is what i'm trying to do and right. yeah i'm just that's part of the whole like magic of it is that it you know there's an overall goal of just always wanting to create always wanting to look at what I look at the um, the trajectory of my work and seeing it going advancing and seeing it advancing and then seeing myself not being taken advantage of like like that's something that I see myself growing more and more like I'm not working for free anymore like I'm right. doing more shooting stuff that I want to shoot having more creative direction rather than saying like no this is like what we want you to shoot for right. us and we don't care what you think and all that sort of so stuff. So you just want free, you want to be your own boss. You want to make what you want to make and you're going to do it. And I, I have no doubt that you're going to do that. And yeah, and they do and I, I, I... And just inspiring people, you know, like getting getting to the point of someone seeing my work and then having that spark something whether it's making them want to like write something or sing something or or draw something or go take a photo themselves, you know, right. like, whatever that could be. Or even if it makes someone like happy and just smile and just give them like a warm feeling, you know, I hope people, cause I know that there are tons of my friends from high school and stuff that are seeing this photo that are, who, who knows what's going on in their mind. Yeah. I don't even know. And I totally. think about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think about all the people They're that like, are seeing stuff the from myself. Yeah. Like, what's <laughs> going on? What? My it's not friends can see like, me cause now. I wasn't, yeah. yeah, I wasn't like, like, that guy at all in high school you know right. and i think about that now like like holy fuck i'd have the most awesome photos of all my <laughs> friends in high school and stuff yeah but um <laughs> but yeah overall you know just trying to you know reach people that you wouldn't think 
you could, you know, that's crazy nowadays that we have this technology. It's amazing. And that's another reason why I wasn't doing this in high school is because I didn't have this laptop and the camera like the way I did. And like, and just the platform of like social media and the internet, like Desert Hearts sharing this photo and even sharing it on my own Instagram, my own platforms of social media have brought in tons of people that I would have never found, you know, and just to impact them in a positive way and make them look at the subject in a, in a new light is, you know, that's, that's one of the best feelings. And it, it certainly is working out for you. And it's, it's, I've seen it myself with people really, truly being inspired by you. It's awesome to see all of our friends going through this. You, Joey, anybody who's succeeding, Kevin, you know, anybody in music, any of our endeavors to see how we're all there for each other and helping each other to build and grow. Um, that's kind of what the whole basis of this yeah. podcast is about anyway. Uh, letting it all bleed out there. And I do not thank you because we're just thank about done wrapping it up. Thanks for coming on. And where can we find you? Like where, you know, where are you posting your stuff the most? What um, would you want to drive some more traffic to? Uh, yeah. Um, I'd say check out my Instagram. That's definitely where most of my, um, you know, my portfolio lies. That's uh, at Jamal period Eid, E-I-D. And um, on there, you can find uh, a link to like my full portfolio if you want to see any of the festivals I've ever shot. Um, same thing with Facebook; it's just Jamal Eid, and uh, yeah. And, that's and we'll throw links to all this in the comments section of this uh, of this episode. Yeah, take a gander. Hope you guys like it. Uh, Mr. Catalyst, anything that you would like to uh, promote? Oh shit! I know, I, know, um, I know you live five feet away from this microphone, so that's a big reason why. Yeah, like, literally. Want, yeah, I'm just gonna uh, meld through the floor off? straight into my fucking bed right now. Um, my my Instagram is actually Mister Please. That's all spelled out though. It's M I S T E R dot Please P L E A S. Cool. All right, we'll throw we'll throw a link up to Insta. Shout um, out to Veggie Chips. This was brought Shout to you by Veggie Chips. Uh, the Booty Foot Veggie Chips. Uh, the, the Butt can, Foot. Can, can, is that, is that, is that the episode butt title? Butt Foot. Can, this, can this, a, uh, I think uh, that this episode commercial? title is going to be very off-putting for people initially because they're just going to look at it and be like, not going to know that Jimmy has anything to do with this. They're going to be like, Butt Foot. I don't know. We're going to swear. Butt Foot Veggie Chips. But I'm down with it because if people aren't down to know and understand about Butt Foot, then they're not worthy of the conversation that we've had. Sounds like we should be out in the woods hunting. Like I would have, like, I, did you guys? I would have. You see, Buttfoot. That's the photo. The elusive photo you're trying to get. It's up the oh, Buttfoot. Yeah. Buttfoot. That's yeah. the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. It's not. It's not footprints. It's buttprints. We found a buttfoot sighting. <laughs> it's like yeah, fucking big old cheek bouncing around like Somewhere the in '90s gummy bears cartoons. All right, well, let's let's go hunt some buttfoots, guys. All right, let's All right. do it. Cheers.